Hey, Open Arms. My name is Sean Booth, and it's so great to be with you. You know, we love our online congregation, our online community. Thank you so much to for, for tuning in today, for being a part of Open Arms and, you know, being able to follow us. I know some of you might be in Newbridge or in Dublin, or you'd be just online following us and being with us and following our, our messages and our services. And we just say, we, we love you and we're thankful for you and really pray and hope that this sermon speaks to you and builds you up this morning. So today I want to speak to you on Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus' words to all of us is this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will, this is a, a promise from Jesus, that you will, this is his assurance to each and every one of us, you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, today we are starting a four-week series called Finding Rest for Your Soul. It's such a, a great thing for all of us to, to find and experience and to know is rest for our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so we're going to be looking at everything that our soul needs, such as rest and silence and solitude and Sabbath and, and slowing down and, and really following the way of Jesus because Jesus is the perfect example of, of following after the way of God. And the way of God is this, it's even in the midst of noise and busyness and the demands of life, we can still experience the peace of God. We can still experience rest for our souls and Really, Jesus, the life that he lived, yes, it was 2,000 years ago, but amidst the pressure and the demands of his ministry, where he had crowds coming around him on a daily basis for healing, where he was teaching, where he was ministering, where he was the personification of the Messiah, the Christ, and he came to save the world. And yet, even in the midst of all of this that he had going on, he still followed the way of God. He still practiced rest and sabbath and slowing down he still was able to have a healthy soul even in the midst of life and i believe that he is our example he is the one that we can follow he's the one that we can come to to experience rest i love the message translation eugene peterson wrote these words translating this portion of scripture and he writes it like this are you tired worn out what words could we put in there? Are we feeling overwhelmed, burdened, you know, just maybe filled with anxiety, filled with just completely feeling like all over the place? And he says, burnt out on religion and, you know, just a way of, of doing it your way and way according to the world says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And here's a truth that I believe that we need to know and understand and grasp on the outset of this four-week series. And it's this, it is God's desire for you that you will experience rest. It is God's desire, his intention, his will for you in your life that you will experience rest, that he hardwired you. And this 
desire within you to to know God and experience God and experience his rest, that you will have a, a healthy soul, a healthy mind, a healthy body, healthy emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, that you would be whole within you and feeling that, that wholeness and the partnership with Jesus Christ. You know, anyone who's ever been on an airplane, maybe it's been some time since you've been in one, maybe you've had experience as I did, as going through Terminal 2 and experiencing the queues and the chaos of Aer Lingus, it's what's going on right now and global travel all over the world. But if you've ever been in an airplane, you will know that the very first thing, even before you take off, that they always go through is the safety instructions, which I don't know how wise it is to start talking about how this plane could crash and how it could all happen and where you're supposed to go. But anyway, we get used to it. And we all know the speech. We all know the spiel. We all tend to, to switch off in the midst of this. But it says that in the event of turbulence or volatility or uh, unfortunate emergency that we may crash and land but anyway no matter what's going to happen what's the first thing that they say that the oxygen masks will fall from the roof miraculously I still have not seen it thankfully and I do not want to see it happen but but these oxygen masks will fall down and and in the event of this chaos you may be with a child or with a loved one and what's our first instinct is to help out everyone around us our first instinct is to get that oxygen mask and wrap it around our child or our loved one or, or the ones who are looking to us for the protection, for provision, who are leaning on us for support. We, we, our good instinct is to help others first. But yet, in the event of this chaos, in the event of this madness, what does it say? Always, always put the oxygen mask on yourself first. What can we learn from this? We can learn that the greatest thing that you can do for yourself is to put on the oxygen mask, is to have a healthy soul, it is to first care for oneself so that we may be strong enough to care for those we love, that we may be healthy in such a way that out the, of the place of strength and health that we can support and strengthen others. I believe that this must be a priority. It's something that I've had to learn in and grow in for myself. It's something that I've had to remind myself of, especially in, in this last season and really have had to make a shift within my own mind and in particular within my own schedule and calendar. And, and the shift that I've had to make and I believe that all of us have to make is to not prioritize our schedule, to not prioritize what we need to do, to not prioritize what others have requirements of us, but instead to schedule our priorities, to put our priorities first. What's, what's our number one priority? What should we put at the very first, the start, the beginning? It's this, Jesus and you first. Jesus and you first. As Christians, as Christ followers, or those who are set apart from the earth, from the world, to, to follow Jesus, Jesus and us first should be first and foremost. It should be priority. It should be first in our schedule. And I believe that spiritual health is vitally important. In fact, I believe that it is the most important part of our lives, that it comes first, that from spiritual health will come emotional physical and mental health, it will come to us in a way where we will experience less stress, less worry, less anxiety, less depression. Why? Because Jesus is first and foremost in our lives. I believe that the greatest thing that each of us can do in this season, 
in this time where we're in between, you know, we're in that summer getting ready for September. Getting ready for some of us for Christmas, this busy season that can come along where it feels like sometimes it can be a blur where just life happens and, and it happens, it can feel like that time, the turbulence, the volatility, it gets ahead of you. This is the time, the greatest thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, for your marriage, for your children, for your loved ones, for your career, for your work, what is it? Is to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. It is to schedule your priority. It is to put Jesus first. It is to come away with him, to be filled up with Jesus, that, that the oxygen that you experience will help you to breathe lighter. It will help you to have a lighter load, to experience rest, to know silence, to slow down and to be with him so that you can be the loving father that he's called you to be so that you can be the caring mother that your children need of you. So you can be the loving husband and wife so that you can be there strong in your career and turning up and turning up in your work as a colleague, as a friend, as a neighbor, so that you can be who God has called you to be. Why? Because you've been with Jesus. You've experienced the oxygen that your body and your soul needs, that that you've put Jesus first and everything else fallen into line after that. And I, I want to speak to you today and share with you the greatest oxygen that we can ever receive. And that is being in the presence of Jesus. That is being with Jesus, being alone with him, being in relationship with him, building that intimacy with him. And in that place, finding silence for your soul, finding peace for your mind. And finding rest for your body. How? By responding to Jesus' invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. Come away with me. Be removed from everything and everyone else and be with me. Draw close to me. And he tells us this. He tells us that in the times that we're experiencing weariness and tiredness, we're experiencing being overburdened and overwhelmed, when we turn to him first and foremost above anything else, when we choose him first, we experience rest. We experience life. We experience that oxygen filling our lungs, filling our soul, our heart, and our mind. And we experience Jesus. So I want to look at this scripture, the life-giving words of Jesus. It says, come to me, verse 28, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Now, these next two verses are going to be our focus for today. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, the message translation says it like this, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it in, in close proximity with Jesus. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So the one word that stands out there in the verse 29 and 30, of course, is the word yoke. Now, Jesus is not talking about that thing that's in the middle of our eggs, right? Or that, that's not the yoke that we're talking about. Here, Jesus is talking about referring to, especially in the days of agriculture and the, the community and the context in which he was speaking in, is, is a yoke was the beam of wood that would have been placed on the oxen's back that would have been used to either 
carry a heavy load or to be able to pull the plow that would plow the fields uh, behind the oxen. And so the yoke here is really that beam of wood that carries a heavy load, a heavy weight. And the yoke here represents a burden. In, in fact, it really represents a sense of bondage. And this is a common term that was used for Mosaic law, Old Testament law, that was used at the time of Jesus. And it can be seen as a metaphor, really, for the tedious and large amounts of laws and commands that was required of each person. You see, in the time of Jesus, at this time, in order to be a follower of God, in order to be one who follows the way of God, you would have to uphold 613 laws and commands. 613. We've, you know, for many of us as Christians, we know about 10 of them and some of us maybe forget even what the 10 of them are. But can you imagine memorizing and living out and keeping according to 613 laws and commands? That that is the yoke, the burden, the heavy weight that, that God's people were really uh, accustomed to follow and made to follow. That was religion at that time. And the yoke represents a symbol of religious legalism a symbol of religiosity that when we follow religion when we follow the way of man that we even today follow according to the culture of of society of today when we follow after the you know the career and the person that we should be and the the money that we should earn and the the, the things that we should have and the clothes that we should be wearing and all this stuff what is it it's overwhelming it's it's overburdening, it's tiring, it's weary, it's, it's all this weight that we carry. But Jesus says that when you follow him, that his yoke and our weight and what we carry, the burden is lighter. It is a lighter weight. It brings us comfort, brings us peace. Why? Because it's based on the grace of God. It's not based on what we do or accomplish or attain but it's all about what he has already accomplished for us. It does not mean that there's no longer any laws, that there's no longer any you know, rules that we should follow in life and living according to a certain way. For Jesus said that I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He says that the, his yoke, this burden of responsibilities, his commands that they still must be submitted to, you know, we should live according to the word of God. We should still follow the way of Jesus, that we should live in such a way that is above reproach, that, that even those outside of the church and Christianity, as they look upon us, they still see humble people, but yet honest, trustworthy, living according to the word of God. But he says that they are easier to be followed. So the opposite of, of following the way of Jesus really is this religious legalism and it's it's has been the way from the first century to 21st century this be crushing burden for all of us one that each of us have experienced trying to live in such a, a way where we're living up to a standard or to work in order to receive or attain approval and recognition and in contrast to this Jesus's yoke of discipleship brings rest it brings simple commitment to him 1 John 5 verse 3 says in fact this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome and here's the good news for you today Jesus can free you from your burdens Jesus can free you from your burdens, no matter what they, how great they may seem to you, that he can free you from your burdens. He can free you 
from the shame that you're experiencing. He can free you from the addiction that you're battling. He can free you from the depression that you're going through right now. He can free you from the fear that you're going through. He can free you from any burden or weight or demand that, that is overwhelming you right now. The weariness, the tiresome, the just that, that what you're experiencing. He can free you. He can bring lightness to your life. He can carry that weight from you. He can remove that from you and he can take the burdens from you and replace them with rest. He can replace them with a new life and oxygen and a freshness and a lightness. And the, the rest that Jesus promises to us is one that's filled with healing, with love, with mercy, with grace, with, with lightness. Rather than following the, the religious practices that's going to leave us feeling tired and weary and feeling in lack. Instead, following after Jesus, obeying him, being in relationship with him will bring great purpose and rest and peace. Verse 30 Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In what way is his yoke easy? Well, here we see that his yoke, you know, it still represents the burdens of life. It still represents the challenges of life, the, the demands that we have to experience and go through. But here's the difference. Now we are partnering with Jesus. Now we are not on our own. Now we are not the ones just carrying the weight where we are the solution and we are the answer. Instead, now we look to the solution who is Jesus Christ. Now we have a partner, one who's in relationship within us. And Jesus, he doesn't promise a life of luxurious ease. He does not say that now you're going to live without a yoke. Now you're just going to live freely. And when you become a Christian and you give your life to Jesus and when you follow after him, now everything is going to be great. No, a yoke is still a symbolism and a metaphor for oxen's tool of working hard will still face tension and difficulty and loss and pain and hardship but now it is a shared yoke now it is one in which the weight will fall on shoulders of Jesus now it is one where he carries the heavier weight that he carries the burden but it's a burden that it's far lighter I love the Amplified translation of verse 30. It says that this yoke is not harsh, it's not hard, it's not sharp or pressing, but it's comfortable, gracious and pleasant. Now we have a partner in Jesus Christ. Now we will have one who helps us carry the burdens and brings rest to our souls. Now he is our co-laborer. He, he walks with us daily. He's there to turn to. He's there to find rest in. We become co-laborers with him and no longer in legalistic striving, but now we're in perfect union with Jesus. The message translates, verse 30, keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. Now, in all of this, I believe that those words are really important. Keep company with me. Be in relationship with Jesus. Be in close proximity with him. Be united with him. Be, be with him, spend time with him, that we need to continuously keep coming back to being in relationship with Jesus. But how do we do that? He says, come away with me. We need to remove ourselves from the busyness and the demands of life so that we can find silence, solitude, and rest with Jesus. So that we can be filled up with him. St. Augustine, he said these words, he said, our hearts are restless until they find the rest in God. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like your heart is restless. Maybe you feel like you've just been going from one day into the next. Maybe you feel like, you know, you've got 
good sleep and you've taken holidays or you've taken time out or you've made changes, but you're still experiencing that weariness, experiencing that lack. I believe today that even though your heart is restless, you can find your rest in Jesus Christ. Now, how can we do this practically? You know, we as Open Arms as a church, we always want to preach messages, yes, that it will inspire, but also that are applicable, that will change our lives. We are a church that's life-giving, life-changing. We want to change our lives constantly and continuously to be made more in the image and likeness of Jesus. So how can we receive rest and silence practically? How can we apply this to our life today? How can we practice the way of Jesus as he has done in Scripture, as we read through the Gospels, how can we engage in silence and solitude with Him? Well, the answer is quite simply by spending time with Jesus, by coming away with Him, by being with Him. Someone recently told me, as I asked him the question, you know, how can I be the best parent and father to my sons? And he said this word, you know, being a great father, being a great mother, is spelled T-I-M-E, time. So true for our marriage and relationships and our friendships. And it's incredibly true for our relationship with Jesus. How do we grow in Jesus? It's T-I-M-E. Spending time with Jesus. You know, intentional time in the quiet and silence is to be alone with God. To be in silence is really found in two dimensions. Externally and internally. Externally, it's when we get away from all the people and all the noise and the distraction, we let our body just come to a place of quiet. Internally is when we calm and center our mind to God. When we find just that silence and solitude. When we come to a mental and emotional rest in Him. You know, today there's a massive movement that's you know, being practiced right across the world that we see that's promoted. It's mindfulness. And mindfulness, really, when you look at the roots of it, it's a biblical practice. It is one that's been practiced right throughout the world by Christians, non-Christians, and everywhere in between. And in fact, though, mindfulness is the practice of emptying your mind. It, yes, you can experience silence, but prayer and meditation that we want to practice and being with Jesus is Rather than just emptying your mind, it's been filled with Jesus. It's putting the oxygen mask on. It's been allowing your lungs just to eh, compress all of, of Jesus and focusing on Him. And you know the health and wellness industry, they understand this principle. They know the direct correlation, the, the direct link between silence and emotional well-being. Between you know peace and actually you know, what you experience physically in your body and they know the direct link, but the missing link here that the world is missing it out on, that we have, the crucial spiritual element is, is how we can experience Jesus. That what God has hardwired in within us, in, in our soul when he created us, is to receive fulfillment through prayer, quiet, and time with Jesus. So in order to truly practice uh, time with Jesus, we firstly need two things. Firstly, is a time and a place. We, we need to schedule our priorities, as I said, by, by choosing a time. For most people, you know, in general, uh, they would choose to the first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, you're getting up a half an hour before everyone else in the house you might have had a good sleep, feel refreshed, you've got a clear mind, have a cup of coffee and, and just take that time to sit with Jesus. For others, 
It may be at the end of the day, at night before going to sleep. For some with kids, it might be while the kids are napping. For some, it might be, you know, during your lunch break or or whatever it is. But but you may need to experiment with a time that works for you. But the most important thing is choosing a time that's a right fit for you in your season and in your day and according to your personality. But choose a season and or choose a time and fulfill that time and practice that on a daily basis. Next is choose a place. You know, find a place that is as quiet and distraction free as possible. It can be, you know, a comfortable chair by by a window. It, it can be something that you keep coming back to with a, a part of your, you know, settee in your front room or maybe going to a coffee shop. You may be one who loves the business that's going on around you and put on some earphones. It may be, you know, on your en route to, to work, maybe even sitting in the car, uh, on a train, a bus, it might be um, wherever it is, but choose a time and choose a place that's going to be something that you keep coming back to on a daily basis. Here's the next thing. Set a goal. You know, just don't, don't start by saying, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to spend two hours with Jesus. You know, don't, don't do that because what happens is you'll do it once and you'll fall asleep and you'll never do it again. Maybe you just need to start off, you know what, I'm going to do 10 minutes a day for three to five times this week. I'm going to start off slow. If you've been doing this occasionally, you know, you might want to go from 10, 15 minutes to 30 minutes. If, if this is being a daily practice of yours, you might want to stretch that out and say, you know, I'm just going to start getting up at 6 a.m. I'm going to spend an hour with the Lord. And instead this of, of me just filling it, I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to have quiet. I'm going to have rest and silence and hear from Him. You might start practicing a prayer list where you pray for others and the needs of others. You might start going through a Bible study well, rather than just reading through scripture, you go deeper into the scripture. That You just bring in a fresh element in your time with God and, you know, being able to spend that time with him and stretch yourself in that. But the most important thing is to set a goal, a realistic goal, and one that's not far beyond your means. A simple layout for time with Jesus, whether it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour. Firstly, Remove all distractions and technology. You know, don't be starting it in, oh, I, I, better, I better check that out. Oh, I forgot about that. You know, put that away. Remove that and be able to focus on Jesus. Secondly, you know, begin with prayer and have an element of scripture. For some people, they go through the Bible in a year. There's a Bible in one year app. It's free. You can find it in any, the Android, Google Play Store or your Apple Store. Or you might just go, you know, I'm going to read one chapter a day of, the, of a book of the Bible. But just begin with prayer. Settle yourself. Some people like to play worship music in the background. Just don't stretch yourself where you're reading you know, so much of scripture that you're, you know, you get in a way where it's early morning or in your time and you're trying to accomplish something. It's supposed to be time with Jesus, not ticking off a box. The third thing is, is spend the time just resting and waiting. To sit in silence, to hear from God. You know, one of the things I love to do that's an option, I sit openly with a journal. I like to write down these words. I literally write down these words, Lord, speak to me. And I put down my journal and I sit back and I wait. And personally, when I hear from him and 
you learn this in, in a way. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years and you've been become attuned to the Holy Spirit. Maybe this is something you're just starting out on or getting back into the practice. But just being able to silence your mind to hear that still small whisper, to hear the prompting of God. And, and oftentimes the voice of God, it's, it's hearing the goodness of God, which says, I love you, I'm for you. He reminds you of the promises, how good you are and how, how pleased he is by you. That, that you never hear in such a way that, you know, that you're, you're hearing that you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And it might be times of a, a somewhat, not condemnation, but a little bit of conviction and those things that the Holy Spirit can reveal to us. But in this moment for me, what I hear and the prompting of God, I like to pause and just write it down. So I'm able to, at the end of my time with God, I'll read back over what I've just heard him say. And it just really encourages me and encourages me for the times that I may not hear from God. And I look back at last week or I look back at a month ago and I, I remember what God is saying. Do you know what that does? It stirs up encouragement in me. And again, I just begin hearing the voice of God. Here's the final thing. Finish with prayer of gratitude and thankfulness. Remind yourself how grateful you are for him. Start off your day or end your day or whatever time of the day it is that you're, you're grateful. I'm so thankful for you, God. It's just a simple layout in your time with him. Here's a few things just to remember as you practice silence and solitude daily with Jesus. Firstly, start where you're at not where you think you should be. If you can do five minutes, great. Start off that way. You know, start in such a way, beware of perfectionism, trying too much too quickly. That's what I do. It's my, it's my thing. I go to, I'm going to do an hour a day, rather no. I'm going to do 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day. And I'm going to do that because, you know, really we grow through small incremental acts over time that these habits, they become habits. They become daily habits. They become ritualistic for us and it can happen over years, not days and weeks. Secondly, you can't succeed or fail at this practice, okay? It's not something that, you know, it's, it's this goal that you need to resist that urge that's like, I'm bad at this or I'm good at this or I have been bad at this or allowing shame to seep in. Instead, allow yourself to be filled with the grace of God. Maybe you, as human nature is, you've missed out in a few days. Let's just say you missed out on the whole summer. Go, I'm going to start again tomorrow. I'm going to be filled with God's grace. I'm going to spend time with God. Here's the third thing. If you're more of a doer or a thinker, you know, you're one who likes to be on the go and you know sitting still is just something that's so painful to you. You might want to try this practice while you're doing something else, while you're walking, running, cycling, while you're doing something busy, while you're getting preparation in the for for the meal of the night or while you're doing laundry around the house, whatever it is, but you're doing something where your mind still comes to a place even in the doing coming to rest with God. But here's my final encouragement to you. Whether this is something you've never done, whether this is something you've been doing all your life, whether this is something that you used to do, I want to encourage all of us together as a church, as we start off on this journey, finding rest for our souls. Let's start this daily practice with Jesus. Find solace and silence and solitude with him. That we practice daily finding rest for our souls for our minds, our will and emotions, and for our heart and for our body. You know, as I finish, Jesus' words, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, his personal invitation to you and to me right now is come away with me or come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, 
Jesus wants to be in partnership with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Don't allow yourself to walk through this life being burdened, being crushed, being weighed down. But instead, come to Jesus. Find your rest in Him. Don't be trying to do it by your own strength, but allow the weight to fall on His shoulders. And what I want you to do today, all of us together, I want to pray a prayer of surrender. Starting again, being filled with grace, not shame. Being filled with forgiveness, not condemnation. Being filled with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not the righteousness of ourselves. So I wonder, could we just, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a few moments. We just, right now, God, we will welcome you into this place. Oh, we thank you that you're here. Lord, I pray for every single person right now that we will experience your peace and your rest that this is something that we'll apply to our lives, that we'll live out, that we'll do this daily. And we may mess up you know, a few days from now, but we'll come back to starting again. Well, I pray for every single person that they'll find the rest in you. I wonder right now in this place, head bowed, eyes closed, that you come to a place of surrender, but also forgiveness and salvation in Jesus. Will you pray these words with me and say, Jesus, I draw close to you. I acknowledge that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Lead my life. I ask that you help me, that you heal me, so that I can be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. My prayer for you today, and as you continue, is that you'll know Jesus deeper, intimately and that you'll experience rest that you'll know his rest that you'll step into this next season not weary but whole that you'll step into this next season serving out of the overflow of your heart because you've been filled with Jesus I want to pray for you I pray may the Lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace in Jesus name amen